Welcome to the Cinema Scoop. I'm Lucy. And I'm Ashley. Today we're going to be talking about the movie Parasite. Um, we're going to be discussing some of our favorite elements of the movie, as well as its broader implications in the world. As a general warning, there are spoilers ahead, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch it and then come back to hear what we have to say. The movie Parasite follows the Kim family struggling to make ends meet until their son comes across an unexpected opportunity. With no experience teaching English, he decides to accept a job tutoring a high school girl who's the daughter of the wealthy Park family. Now we're going to move into talking about what the reception was like for this film, both internationally and in Korea. So international reception, um, this film won several Academy Awards at the 92nd Academy Awards. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best International Feature Film, and it was the first non-English language film to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. So it was received really well internationally, which is um, just really wonderful to see, especially for an international film like this. I think it was one of the first to be this successful and have such a, a great international reception. Um, and then for Korean reception, it was quite positive and it really boomed after um, hearing of the film's Oscar success. A lot of the news outlets in Korea did stories headlining um, the Oscar results. And then NBC in Korea actually called it the most important day in Korean cinema's 101-year history. Additionally, some owners of the shops and locations featured in the movie were very excited to be included, and they were joyful of the Oscar success as well. Um, but on the other hand, some residents were concerned that interest in the somewhat dilapidated architecture and the specific atmosphere of where the movie was filmed um, would put a halt to the redevelopment and the renovation plans that they were actually waiting for in their neighborhood for many years. And then some were also offended by the idea of poverty tourism as a result of the movie. Overall, though, reception was very positive. All right, so moving along to favorite scene or moment, were there any that stood out to you? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of really great um, scenes and moments in general in this movie. Um, the first one that sticks out to me that I think of is the scene when Kiwu and his sister um, are going in to meet the Park family for the first time. And so she's kind of going over her backstory with him. And they have that rhythmic, um, almost like a song. She goes, Jessica, only child, Illinois, Chicago. And then they do it together. Um, I, re I really like that. I think that, I don't know, probably everyone who watches it likes it. It kind of gave me the chills whenever I saw it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also the whole sequence of events that leads up to um, all of the members of the Kim family um, coming to work for the parks. I feel like that was just really exciting because it was, it just kept moving. There was never like any like pauses or lulls in what was happening. It just went by really quickly. I remember the first time I saw this movie, I thought that we were a lot further into the, I thought that I was a lot further into the movie than I was mm. because so much had happened and it had built up so much, but really I was, I mean, I don't remember specifically what moment it was, but I think probably just 30 minutes in. Yeah. Um, specifically, I really like the scenes with the peach fuzz. Um, I feel like that those I don't know, just artistically, how they like set it up um, with the soundtrack in the background, just them flicking the peach fluff or yeah. <laughs> whatever. In slow motion. Yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, Mr. Kim talking to Mrs. Park and then coming up and discovering it. Uh, just seeing how clever that the Kim family was and the lengths that they went to. Um, I think that that was very exciting. Um, 
Another scene that I thought was probably one of my favorites is when you find out the housekeeper's husband is secretly living in the basement. Mm. Um, that was like such a huge twist when I was watching this movie. I was like, what? Yeah, I don't think anyone <laughs> could have predicted that at all. I was like, what is happening right now? I was like, this movie's insanely good. <laughs> that, that's a moment when I was like, this movie is so that, good. Yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, I agree a lot with the scenes that you chose, especially the Jessica Only Child, Illinois, Chicago. I think that was so fun, and it helps you remember kind of what they had talked about and what she was going to pretend to be when she came in, but it also it described their relationship as siblings a little bit because it was mm-hmm. kind of playful, even though they were pulling one over on them, you know? Um, I thought that the fumigation scene was interesting because I remember seeing it in the trailers, and I, with the name, like, Parasite, and then you see something like that, in my mind, I was like, okay, this is gonna, this fumigation's gonna have something to do with the title of the movie, it's some sort of gas that the government is spreading into people's homes, and it's got, like, a virus in it, something like that. But it was interesting that it really didn't play that big of a part in the movie, other than it kind of described their living situation as being in the sub-basement and kind of a not-so-great place to be. Um... And then, let's see, the scene where the Parks are coming home from their camping trip early and the Kims are scrambling about, trying to hide, pick things up. Um, I really liked that scene because it was so fast-paced and you almost didn't know where to look. There was always something happening. The tempo of the music was super upbeat. And I kind of like it in movies where you feel how frantic things are yourself, like you're in the moment. Even though it's kind of stressful, it puts you into the movie. Um, and I really liked that part. And I think even though they were, you know, they were lying and deceiving, you didn't want them to get caught. You kind of, at least me, I <laughs> I, I was like rooting for them. I didn't want them to get yeah. caught, even though they weren't doing great things. And then the birthday party scene at the end was super exciting, of course, and really <laughs> shocking. And I mean, you can't even breathe during that scene. There's so much happening. And if you blink, you'll miss something really important. Like the whole movie, like the build up, like from start to finish, but mm-hmm. ascent, especially once you find out about the housekeeper's husband yeah. in the basement, there's no pause, like there's no break. Everything is just go, go, go. It's the yeah, whole time. bam, bam, bam. It's so, there are no breaks at all. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, but alternatively, what would you say is your least favorite moment or scene in this movie? So there weren't really any moments that I disliked in terms of looking at the whole movie and its quality. Like, there were no bad scenes. Um, But the ones that made me kind of uncomfortable would be, like, the birthday party um, is happening, and then Q and Dae are kissing in her room. And just the scenes between them are, you know, even though they're important to the plot, the relationship between them is obviously a little uncomfortable because of their age difference and the fact that it's basically pedophilia. (laughs) Um, But what's crazier to me is that that whole subplot is kind of forgotten in a way or masked because the rest of the movie has so much happening and is so like appalling at other points that whenever you see them together, I would, I remember being like, oh yeah, that's a thing. That's kind (laughs) of gross. And I don't want to watch that part. But then again, it, I mean, it needed to be in the movie because Mm -hmm. that's, you know, how the relationship she had with Min, and then he wanted, you know, someone 
who would be a good fit to go over there and not like take advantage of her. But then he ended up being just like <laughs> Min anyway. So it was it was important to the plot, but obviously a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree. Um, I felt that a little bit too. Um, as you said, I would say that there's no like bad moments in this movie. Um, only things that are kind of unpleasant as a viewer, but not that there's anything wrong with them in the context of the movie. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a least favorite, um, I would probably say when um, the Kim's basement floods, mm. when they come back and they realize everything's flooded. Um, I mean, it's mainly just kind of sad because um, you feel so bad for this family. I mean, especially just after that, like, kind of traumatic experience at the park house. Yeah. And they come home, all their possessions, everything they have is ruined. Um, not to mention that it's kind of disgusting, the fact that the sewage system has, like, flooded into their basement. Yeah. So it's like... There's, like, multiple levels of, like, you feeling bad for them. Um, mm-hmm. They're having to wade through it to, like, get their most prized possessions and take them out. Um, so, that, I mean, again, it's important to the plot. There's nothing bad about it. Um, it's done so well that you do feel for the family. You, yeah. I mean, you really are, like, it's like you're there with them and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so awful for you. Um, so, obviously, <laughs> no error in filmmaking by any means. Um, yeah. But. Just when I'm watching the movie, I feel kind of like, I don't know, sad mm-hmm. that I have to watch that part. Yeah, and when Mr. Kim, there's a close-up of him when he's holding just a box of their belongings and the water is almost up to his neck, and he starts to cry a little bit and break down, but then you can tell he's kind of shoving it down and because yeah. he knows he has to leave and help his family because they still obviously have a lot going on and they just need to get out of there to safety, but that was really an emotional part, I think. Yeah, I agree. So normally we have um, an unintentional comedy section, uh, but when I was watching it, there was nothing that really stuck out to me um, as being unintentionally funny. Um, was there anything that you thought of? I only found a couple things, and they might just be particular to me, but um, <laughs> I found it funny when the parents would curse, or the kids. I mean, just kind of the snapbacks, like when um, the Kims are being somewhat held hostage by the housekeeper and her husband, and because they have the phone and they're about to press send mm-hmm. on the image to or the video to Mrs. Park, and they start to lower their hands and she goes hands up and then she calls them the f word. Oh, I found that very funny, <laughs> just because it's I don't know it's like that kind of humor kind of transcends language and you know, um, and then I think the scene where they got drunk in the living room, um, which was right before, and they were talking about how she would catch the bouquet, get an extra $10 because she was an actor <laughs> yeah, at, yeah. at a wedding. I thought that was really funny just because it shows like even before they started this whole fiasco, she was still kind of doing dishonest yeah. things, but in a funnier way. Yeah. And then this is kind of terrible, but when <laughs> Chung Suk kicked um, the house, the previous housekeeper down the stairs right at the last moment of oh, the scene when they're yeah. scrambling yeah. and the music ends right when she kicks her. I know she gets injured very badly, so it's really not, it's supposed to be funny, <laughs> but that's why it's unintentional comedy. But I thought it was funny because it was right on the crescendo and then it was like, okay, done. Yeah, I, I actually, I agree. I mean, it's like obviously not funny that she like is concussed and like <laughs> seriously injured like that was yeah. terrible. But, but you don't it, know that like, when she gets the kicked. The way that it's, like, so smoothly going, and then she just, like, turns, kick, and just, like, walks, like, in one, like, swift motion. Yeah. It's, like, I, it was kind of like, oh. It's like, okay, that <laughs> happened. It's like, wow, that's really funny. More like, ooh, 
like it kind of was unexpected. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, so we also normally have a no holds barred criticism section where we just kind of lay it all out there, <laughs> anything that we that we have to criticize. But personally, I can't even th- pinpoint one thing. This movie is so good. I think the soundtrack, acting, where they film, every element really makes sense and fits together in something that is really successful. And so I can't, I can't think of anything. What about you? Uh, yeah, I agree. I was, I was really like racking my brain because I was like, surely there's got to be like something in this movie that I'm like, this could have been better. But yeah. I, I mean, I really think that like, there's, I couldn't find anything that I was like, I don't like this. I, I mean, yeah. really, which is rare. I, I normally have a lot. I know the last podcast we did, I, <laughs> it was a movie I really liked and I, I had plenty to say. Yeah. Um, plenty of criticism but I I don't have any for this one yeah even movies you really like it's typical to find at least a couple things yeah. you're like well if they maybe just did this a little bit differently but I can't think of anything for this one yeah me neither um okay so Ashley what is your favorite line in this movie I found a lot that I liked I had kind of narrowed it down to three or actually four the first one is this is so metaphorical and Kiwu <laughs> says this I think three times correct me if I'm wrong but um, I like that when he says it, it's kind of just an empty statement because yeah. he says it when there's not really anything else to say or like no other way to describe what happened. He just goes, so metaphorical. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it's kind of funny to me. Um, I also really like the quote that Chung Suk said. She goes, money is an iron. Those creases all get smoothed out. And this is when they're drinking in the living room and she's talking about the Park family and how they don't have the same kind of creases on their bodies and also maybe their souls from the hard work of what the Kims go through is maybe what her perspective is. But I think that quote has a lot of weight to it and is really interesting because this movie talks so much about, or touches so much on the gap between rich and poor. I thought that was interesting. Um, Also the quote, how can you live in a place like this? And then the response well, lots of people live underground, especially if you count semi-basements. And that conversation was between Mr. Kim and then the housekeeper's husband um, Then when they were underground. And it was just kind of an interesting, ironic situation because Mr. Kim's commenting on this hole, basically, that he's living in and saying, how can you even live like this? And then to be, you know, to have it be compared to where he lives is kind of an interesting comparison. Um And then finally, Mr. Kim also said, with no planning, nothing can go wrong. And this is when he's talking to his son right after the flood um, wiped out their house, basically, and they're all sitting with everyone in that communal area, kind of recovering from it. Um, Because this, the whole movie, when they're scheming, there's kind of always talk about, okay, what's the plan? What's the next step? And so after they've lost everything, essentially, he says... With no planning, nothing can go wrong, as if, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been planning this whole time, should have just let things go how they were going to go. Those were those were my top quotes. Um, what about you? Um, I, I like those. Um, one of mine, which kind of goes with the last one you did, because he said it, you know, a few sentences before in mm-hmm. that little, um, what is it, what do you call that? Like a, oh, monologue. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is that called? <laughs> anyway, um. When he's first talking to his son, Mr. Kim, he says, you know what kind of plan never fails? 
no plan. I feel like you're kind of like, well, plan never fails. And he's like, no plan. And you're like, dude. Drop the mic. Another uh, quote that I really liked was similar to what you were talking about um, when Mrs. Kim was talking to her family when they're all in the living room. Um, And she says, they're talking about the parks, and I can't remember who says it. Uh, I think it's Mr. Kim. He says, they're rich but nice. Mm-hmm. She goes, no. They're nice because they're rich. And I was kind of like, Dang. Like, they have the luxury to yeah. be nice because yeah. they're rich she's and they like, have what I, they want. Yeah, she's like, if I had all this money, I'd be the nicest person yeah. ever, you know? Um, and I was like, interesting. Um, and I think that another quote, it's, it's not like I specifically like this quote, but I think it it just carries a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they're, whenever Mr. Kim is driving Mrs. Park, um, and it's the morning of her son's impromptu birthday party, mm-hmm. and she's on the phone with her friend, and she says, the sky's so blue and no pollution thanks to all the rain yesterday. And she's talking, and she said, the rain is such a blessing. Oh my and gosh. it just, it it just shows how ridiculously out of touch they are. And I think that mm-hmm. that scene of her saying that in the car, and then you can see his face in the front seat, um, I think that's, like, the perfect characterization of what's going on throughout the whole movie, just, like, yeah. in a nutshell. And like, where their different perspectives are. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, she's so, like, out of touch with the problems going on. Um, so many of the citizens there are facing, you know, poverty and having to deal with all this stuff. Um, yeah. And it's just, like, an example of that. Like, oh, yes... The rain, lovely, where their house was flooded when we saw that emotional scene that was yeah. um, so sad and devastating for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I felt like that one, not specifically like, oh, what a great line, but I think, I mean, just that whole moment just had a lot of depth to it. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of the themes of this movie have to deal with poverty and the difference between classes, uh, and I know the Bong Joon-ho um, really tried to make this movie kind of representative of real life in South Korea. Yeah. So even though the actual scenes in this movie, most of them were, like, their homes were sets that were fabricated, um, the scenes outside on the streets and everything were all inspired by actual neighborhoods and areas of South Korea. So, for example, um... The areas of poverty where people were living very close together and some of the buildings were kind of dilapidated is based on an area called Ayondong, which is near central Seoul. Um, And rent there has been rising over the last decade and buildings are kind of in disrepair. But then on the other hand, the park's home, which is very large and has its own nice big yard and everything, is based on an area called Songbukdong, where streets are really clean Um, The homes are much larger, there are security fences, and it's just a really interesting contrast. Um, But it's, I think, important to note that these are based around, and actually some of the areas were filmed in real parts of South Korea. And that allows you to get a little bit better context between these real differences between rich and poor. Yeah, that's a really good point. Kind of unrelated, uh, sort of just a trivia tidbit. So the fake diploma that Kiyu and his sister make um, to get him the job as the English tutor, um, on the English subtitle translation, um, it says Oxford University, and Bong Joon-ho has said that he put that because he wanted the audiences to be aware that this was a prestigious school that he was 
forging documents from. It wasn't just like some random college. Like this was nice. Um, and in real life, the crest that's used um, on the fake diploma is actually the crest of Bong Joon-ho's alma mater, which is a very prestigious school in South Korea. And another uh, just little piece of trivia. Uh, so when Mrs. Park is firing the housekeeper, I think a lot of people in the audience, including myself, kind of wondered, I wonder what she's saying. What excuse did she come up with to fire her? She didn't want to mention her tuberculosis. Um, but Bong Joon-ho said that what she is saying is, we don't need a housekeeper anymore. I will do it myself. <laughs> Which I think is kind of funny because it's like, she's obviously not going to be doing it herself. Like She couldn't yeah. even be bothered to come up with a good excuse. No sympathy for this poor woman who she believes has this serious illness. She's just like, listen, yeah. I'm going to be doing it myself from now on. Really just making herself look a little bit better there. And the <laughs> fact that this woman was with that family the whole time they were in this Seriously. house. She knows that Mrs. Park is not going to be able to keep up with what she had been yeah. doing the whole time. So the next topic of discussion I think will be very easy to talk about because it's the best aspect of filmmaking, which I feel like this film has so many parts that were just wonderful, which we've mentioned True. before. Um, I have to say, I think the plot was very exciting and the characters and events could make sense to really anyone. They're very universal. Um, but they're presented in a really fresh and new way that I don't think has really been done before, as far as I've seen. Um, what I thought was interesting is there are no real good guys or bad guys, I don't think, that I saw as an audience member, which is pretty hard to do in movies because usually there's kind of a dead giveaway or like a trope that mm -hmm. the hero or the villain has where you're like, okay, that's the bad guy. That's And even if you feel sympathy for them, you still know that they're intended to be you know, the antagonist or something, but in this movie, everyone does things that aren't morally sound, and everyone has, you know, makes mistakes and has a different perspective, and they're so, everyone's so different from each other, especially the differences between the two families, that you can't really maybe define one good person or bad person, but I think just every element of this movie was done so well. Um, the contrast between the two families was great, but it wasn't, nothing was overdone or comical. It just fit together and seemed really believable. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you've said. Um, I, I feel like the screenplay, um, like as in, you know, just the story was phenomenal. I mean, mm -hmm. it was so new, original. I mean, I can't think of another movie that's like this one, yeah. um, plot wise specifically, um, I mean, there was twists throughout the entire movie, which is like, you think of the main twist being, you find out that <laughs> someone is living in a secret basement. I mean, that's yeah. like the main twist you think of, but also just the fact that um, the entire family is involved in this deception um, to get the current staff fired and themselves hired. I feel like when you realize they're kind of doing that, you're kind of like, oh, because they're the, you know, protagonists of the movie. Yeah. So you're kind of like, why are, this seems kind of wrong, especially mm -hmm. when they're flicking the peach fuzz oh, that gosh. she's definitely allergic to. And this woman has, like, worked here for years and years since before the Park family was there. So, you're, so you have some sympathy for her. Yeah. But yet you still have sympathy for the main characters of the movie. Um, and I feel like, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, no good and bad characters. I feel like that that's is very difficult to do because mm. there's normally, you know, everything you already mentioned. I don't need to say it all again. <laughs> um, um, but also, I think that 
the cinematography and the soundtrack were both like such a huge part of the movie viewing experience and I feel like they played a really big role in how the audience like perceived what was happening um speaking of cinematography Bong Joon-ho actually has mentioned that he purposefully would frame shots of the Kim family so that they were all within the same frame but he chose to frame um, the Park family so that they were isolated in their own frames and I think that that really um kind of subconsciously not I mean not even subconsciously like you notice it by themselves but I feel like it does really help you get Mm -hmm. a sense of the Kims this is a family and then the Parks are like they don't really feel as much like a close family yeah like the Kims are um yeah, sorry to oh no, go ahead. Cut you off there, but even the though the Kims are, I mean, they're doing something immoral, but they're doing it as a family, and yeah. it's like a together. It's a group effort, yeah. And so they're all in this together. Yeah. If one falls, yeah. they all fall, kind of. I agree, um, but then also just like the way that they frame the shots, how everything looks. I feel like it looks very nice, um, specifically whenever. Um, the son is first leaving with his fake diploma off to do his interview. It shows him leaving the house, and then the camera, like, flips around the corner, and you see him walking down a long street. You can't really describe it. Yeah, it's something you have to see Uh, for yourself. Yeah, but if you've seen the movie and you remember the shot I'm talking about, I remember seeing a lot of shots like that, where I see them, and I'm like, that's cool. Like, that seems kind of, like, inventive, an inventive way to, like, show whatever's happening. Um, A little more creative, more fun than just, you know, he's walking, you know, just yeah. kind of flip. Normally, you see, like, a 180 a lot, but I feel like you rarely see a 90 around a corner mm-hmm. like that one was. And finally, um, as I mentioned, the soundtrack of this movie, I I think this soundtrack plays a huge role um, in how the audience perceives what's happening. Um, the build-ups with the music, I mean, I, I, I don't even really have a lot to say about it other than the fact that it's so good. Like, I love it. It's it's, it's so just good. amazing. There's no other way to describe yeah, it except the best. the way the best. That it builds up and then cuts off, like um, Ashley mentioned earlier when um, she kicks the housekeeper down the stairs right at that yeah. music cut off. Um, it's it's so perfectly timed. It's so perfectly built. And it sounds really nice. And yeah. it helps you feel excited and you can feel the tension building. Um, I like the use of the soundtrack and the scene that I mentioned earlier with the peach fuzz when they're flicking it. Mm-hmm. Um, how they use music to kind of like evolve the story and the characters. I, I, I think that everything in this movie, the soundtrack, um, the cinematography, the storyline, the acting, I think all of it is so good, just like individually. Mm-hmm. And then like all together, you're like blown away by yeah. how good it is. If you saw each part by itself, you'd be like, yeah, that's pretty good. But it comes together yeah. to make something really special, I think. And so, all that in mind, we haven't really even talked about any individual performances per se yet, so going off that, I think one really outstanding performance that I saw was from Mrs. Park. Um, the actor is Cho Yojong, and I think she did a really great job. You can tell that she cares about her family a lot, and she wants what's best for them, but she doesn't really have a lot of real-world knowledge outside of her very comfortable life. Um, so even though she's naive, she has good intentions and she wants to do what's right and take care of her family. Um, and I think even though there is the divide between herself and the people who work for her, she still cares about them because she does feel guilty when she has to fire them, even though the situations that have been presented to her 
are, you know, seemingly valid reasons, even though they aren't true, um, to fire someone. She still feels guilty, and, you know, you can tell she battles with some things like that. So um, I really liked her character. I also really enjoyed the character of Ki Jung. Her humor was really funny. She was very witty, and the way she interacted with her family showed that she kind of was the mood maker, I think, in her family. Um, And then finally the um, character of the housekeeper's husband. He (laughs) was so good at physical acting that, I mean, his eyes were creepy. Every movement he made was so just precise in a really disturbing kind of way. (laughs) He kind of was frantic, and he would make weird little odd movements, and the way he crawled up the stairs, and he would repeat (laughs) certain things and shout out random words at times that didn't make sense. He was so convincing, You, it really made you feel like he had started to lose his mind down there and was really going through things mentally. And yeah, so I really like those performances. What about you? Yeah, um, so whenever I was thinking about like, oh, like, which performances stood out to me the most, I, I really didn't even think about him. Um, but now that you mention it, I'm like, that is so true. He he was so good. He yeah. was so convincing. It's just this, like, kind of, like, psycho, you know? Yeah. Like, he was, like, insane. Because, you know, he lived in a tiny basement underground for four years. All and, by himself. Yeah, and, alone. Yeah. Like, that's would drive anyone <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, and so, since he's not a major character, I kind of, like, didn't think of him. But, I mean, really, like, the fact that I was so unsettled. It was really him, just like, oh my gosh, like, that's so just like creepy and disturbing. I mean, I think that show that just shows like how great he was in that role. Yeah. Um, it's something else I kind of wanted to mention just about everyone, um, like the acting as a whole. I feel like it's a lot harder if you're watching a movie that's not in your language to understand like the inflection, like mm. emotionally, like in what they're saying. Um, and so I feel like that that just goes to show how great these performances were. Because yeah. it's harder to, you know, get that when you're... I mean, essentially, like, what you're hearing isn't words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't understand the language, so to you it's, it's kind just of, It just sounds like sounds. sounds. And so there's a difference between, you know, hearing like, oh, I feel fine. Like, clearly you can tell whoever's saying that is, like, not fine. But yeah. if, you, if you can't tell what words they're saying, mm-hmm. I feel like that's it's kind of hard to know what their inflection is and it's kind of hard to know, but I feel like just the facial acting and, like, I don't know. I feel like the, they all did so well mm-hmm. that I didn't feel like there was that barrier. Sometimes yeah. when I'm watching something in a foreign language, I kind of have trouble with that. I kind of have mm-hmm. trouble, like, knowing how they're feeling, like, emotionally, like, what's trying to be portrayed. Um, not at the fault of the actors, just because... I simply don't understand the language, but I, yeah. I and different really cultures like, have different ways of yeah, expressing yeah, different true. emotions. That's, yeah, that's a very good point too. Um, but when I was watching Paris, I, I, I mean, I'm sure it's possible. <laughs> I may have missed more. They may have been more than I was able to understand. But I feel like they all did so well that I didn't feel like I was having any trouble. Yeah. Um, on an emotional level, connecting to any of it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so to wrap everything up, what are your final thoughts about Parasite? Yeah, I mean, this movie is so good on so many levels, which we've already discussed, um, but it it makes me sad that there are a lot of people who 
they're never gonna watch this movie because they refuse to watch something that's not in English. And I think I think it's ridiculous because you can just read the subtitles. It it doesn't take away from the movie. I mean, like as we mentioned, it might be a little bit easier to connect if it's your own spoken language, but it's not impossible. Yeah. I, I feel like people need to give things a chance. I genuinely think if like every single person, unless they just like hate good quality movies, um, if every unless single they person have the taste of a charlatan, <laughs> yeah, unless they just have an awful taste, um, if every single person, I think they're probably mostly American. Other plenty of people in other countries already use dubbed or subtitled yeah. movies all the time because they're um, yeah they're used to it. Yeah, um, I think if every person in America who like refuses to watch movies in um, a different language all sat down and watched Parasite, excluding the people with awful taste, <laughs> I think that everyone would be like, maybe I've been wrong. Yeah. About this. A hundred percent they would think that. Yeah. They'd be because, like, oh, I was close-minded before. Yeah. This is amazing. I, I'm, I really, truly believe this is one of the best movies ever made. I, I agree. I would maybe go so far as to say it's the best one in the 21st century. I don't know. That's a, I, that's a valid thing to I, say. I, I think this is so good, and it's it's sad that people won't watch it. Um, this movie, besides being just, like, incredible in all the aspects, like, of movie making, um... Mm-hmm. It broke down international barriers. A lot of people in America, I think it did open them up to watching foreign language and international films. It swept the Academy Awards, which yeah, is the first that time was amazing. that um, a non-English speaking movie has done that. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, as we mentioned, it won Best Picture, which is crazy, and I love that it did. That's a big deal for any movie, yeah. regardless of you know what language it's in. So. Yeah. I mean, the fact that America, like, America, that's oftentimes kind of ignorant, you know what I mean? The way America can be. (laughs) It's just sometimes it, you know, they won't watch subtitle movies, you know what I mean? But the fact that here in the United States it won all of these awards, I feel like that shows just how incredible this movie was. Yeah. And important worldwide. Important for the fact that it broke down all these barriers. Yeah. And I think it's going to pave the way for a lot of movies going forward. Not not necessarily, I mean, the quality is so amazing, but I think just it shows that movies can actually have that kind of impact yeah. all around the world. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. There's a quote from um, Bong Joon-ho that I found really, really um, deep and impactful, and it says... Once you overcome the one-inch-tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. And that's so true. All it is is a tiny little yeah. subtitle at the bottom that's easy to read. You can even make it large font if you are, <laughs> you know, if you have vision issues. Like there, it's the twenty-first century. There's so technology can do so much. You can read some subtitles and witness yeah. a really amazing movie, um, and you won't you won't regret it because it's such a great film. I think it is. A type of film that anyone from any background could enjoy and you could relate to in some way um, just the emotions that are felt and it offers something so new that it really is unlike anything that's been done before I, I agree 100% alright well thank you all for listening to this episode of our podcast we hope you enjoyed Parasite as much as we did and thanks for staying in the loop with the Cinema Scoop